Welcome into episode 26 of the Gump Runners podcast. You're home for the 2021 SEC regular season championship winning Crimson Tide Alabama basketball team. We got Chase Thornton here along with Lester Mitchell. Evan Wright joining us again, a big basketball guy. Evan's good to have you back on. Let's just let's just start with the big news. Alabama winning the regular season SEC championship. What does it mean for not only just this team this year, but this program as a whole with Nate Oates only doing this in his second year? Evan, let's start with you. Talk about how big this is. Yeah, first off, glad to be back, guys. I appreciate y'all having me on. I enjoy doing this as always. And um, Yeah, man, what a uh, – you, you go back to uh, ever since I've been a fan of, of Alabama basketball, and this has been really the only year where we've made it you know, four or five, six games into the conference uh, schedule and had a chance to actually pull it out. And, you know, really at no point up until, I guess, probably seven or eight games in were undefeated. Did I ever feel like there was actually a chance of it of it happening? And uh, just based off of what I've seen, you know, for eight, nine, ten years now, going back and you can't you can't downplay what it means for the program and, um, you know, especially this group of guys that, that pulled it off and Herb Jones, Alex Reese, you know, John Petty, um, guys that, that came in under Avery Johnson's first recruiting class. And, and they kind of started setting the tempo back then for changing the culture and, and winning that first um, tournament game in, in 2017. And, you know, that was the first time we'd won a tournament game and, I think it was probably 02, maybe maybe more recent than that. But um, just a, a culture-changing, you know, um, set of circumstances winning the SEC and the way that it's looking with Nate Oates and the, the guys that he's got coming in next year, the guys that are coming back. And this team is setting itself up to be up there next year and, you know, going forward. And so you want to talk about changing the culture of a program this is something that I've been looking forward to for years, and and I think this team finally got us over the hump. Lester, if I was to tell you after year one of Nate Oates, they go 16 and 15, 8 and 10 in the conference, I believe it was. Uh, they get put out. They were the number one overall seed in the NIT, got put out by Norfolk State on their home floor. If I was to tell you right after that game, hey, Next year, Alabama will win the regular season SEC championship. What do you What do you tell me? How do you respond to that? I would say that you're full of you know what. Um, <laughs> I just I would not believe you. I would have questioned your mental state at the time. Maybe even suggested putting you in some kind of mental facility because, man, what just a turnaround and and Evan harped on it a little bit, but changing the culture from last year to this year and to the future, we are expecting a huge winning program from Alabama from now on, as long as Nate Oates has gotten this program. The standard has been raised, and it will stay there. And it is so glad um, – I'm so glad that it's there now. We're here now. We've, we, to a degree, we have arrived. Now, with the SC tournament coming up, with the – it's the tournament coming up. There's still a lot to prove. 
but the bar has been set and it's just it's so exciting right now to be a fan. Yeah, I actually uh, misspoke, misspoke that Norfolk State game. It was actually two years ago. It was the last year of Avery Johnson. So, after that, yeah, with a new guy. Came. Oh, yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was there. Right. I, I, saw that, I saw that tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Your dad? I was trying to be a good – dad go to that game? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to be a good fan. I brought my dad. My dad bought a friend. You know, we're here to support Avery, support Bama basketball because, you know, I'm a degenerate, you know, but – yeah, I was there, Avery's last game, but, man, what a turnaround, what a gold mine that Great Bird found in Eight Oaks. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of flack, you know, coming towards the Alabama basketball program, especially from across the state over there in Auburn, about, you know, this being a, a lackluster hire. You hired a high school coach, and, I mean, this guy's too young. He can't run a, a big-time SEC program. And then, you know, in year two, you know, he's far exceeded expectations. Evan, let, let me ask you this. Speaking of expectations, coming into the year, I mean, what were your expectations? We knew this team was – we knew that they had some some key players. You know, we knew Herb Jones could be the defensive glue. We had no idea that he would take off offensively like this. Um, or I guess any realistic fan didn't think that. Um, especially shooting the ball from the outside. We knew Reese was back. Petty comes back. Um, he he tried to go to the NBA. He, he returned. Um, Kyra Lewis goes pro, but you know you got Jawan Quinterly eligible. Josh Primo's a highly touted recruit out of Canada. What were your expectations coming into this season? My my expectations were pretty high, Chase. The, probably higher than they've been, I guess, since 2011, really. Well, no, I guess 2017 with Colin and those guys coming in. But, um, you know, I, I, at the beginning of the season, I was thinking at least top four seed in the in the SEC going into the tournament and, you know, having that double bye. But um, never in a million years would I have thought that we really would have had a chance to win the SEC. But there were people out there who, who, who thought that we might. Um, you know, Jeff Goodman, I've, I've really started following him a lot this this year he picked Alabama to win the league in June and I know that you know Nate Oates coming into the season he made the comment that anything less than a than a high seed would be a letdown for this team um and, and so you know you go back to last year and you see what what Nate Oates was able to do in, in just year one and really changing the culture and and finding ways to score the basketball I think last year you know, you saw the potential that this team would have. Um, but last year, the issue really was depth, right? We didn't – we weren't able to – you know, we played seven or eight guys throughout the season. and um, we, we didn't have that depth. But you, you saw that the potential there. Now, obviously, you lose Kira and everybody's thinking, you know, that's obviously a big blow and you would love to have that guy this year deciding it. But, um, yeah, like you said, you got Quinterly coming, coming in, Primo – coming in as a recruit we guy we haven't talked about could you imagine what this team might look like with Alex I don't know how to say his last name the Frenchies what they call him if you could have that guy on the floor you know this team might even be even more deadly than it already is but so yeah just to answer your question the expectations were high and and they were exceeded um some people could say that you know they saw this coming I, I'm, I'm good friends with uh a buddy of mine, he's a big Kentucky fan. I graduated with him at um, the Cal College in West Georgia. And, you know, he, he said pretty early on in the, in the season, 
you know, he was worried about Alabama over anybody, and he was he was really high on Alabama. So from the outside looking in, I think from the outside looking in, the expectations were higher. I think for me, just having seen what this team has done over the last 10 years and how it's really underproduced so many times, that probably played uh, a bigger role in, in me lowering my expectations than, than the actual product that we had coming back and, and the team that we were going to have on the floor. Yeah, and for, for me, as far as expectations go, I've told Lester this for years, and it's just I, all I want to do is win 20 in the regular season because if you win 20 in the regular season, you know, you're only playing 27 games this year. Usually you play 30. Um, you know, you're, you're 20 and 10 most of the time. You know, you could be 10 and 8 in conference, maybe, you know, 9 and 9, whatever. Usually that's going to nab you around a 5 or 6 seed. And uh, that was kind of my goal. You know, I, I definitely wanted to, to make the tournament. I thought with the three-point shooters that we had on this roster, with it, whether it being – I didn't know Quinterly was going to shoot the ball like this. I thought he was more of a, a slasher and a herb as well. But, you know, with Shaq and, and, and Petty, and, um, you know, you had heard good things about Juwan Gary and Rojas shooting the ball, and that they just – that hadn't come around, and um, Alex Reese is having the worst year of his of his career. But you know, preseason you had some guys that were that were shooters. Jordan Bruner coming in was a career 36, 37, you know, percent career shooter at Yale from deep, and uh, and so there was a lot to be excited about. And I was like, you know, with all these shooters, you know, it's going to be hard for the whole team to be cold you know, every game, you know, you're at least going to have one, maybe two guys hot. And then you might have games, you get three or four guys hot and it can be just be some routes. And uh, I never thought they'd score 115 points against Georgia, but, uh, or, or set or break their, uh, their three point record uh, that they set against Auburn last year. They, they broke that against LSU this year on the road. But uh, my expectation was to win 20 in the regular season. They'd done that, had no idea that they'd be winning the SEC regular season just because, you know, Calipar is still at Kentucky. They're always going to have the number or a top two recruiting class. Uh, he, he's bringing in hot shot freshmen every year. They usually – they've been rolling through the SEC for years. And, um, you know, I figured Auburn would be down a little bit, but Tennessee was getting a lot of praise in the preseason. And uh, so I was a little worried about them. I, I'm probably a little bit like you, Evan. I was thinking around third, fourth, or fifth in the SEC, somewhere in there. Um, anything below that um, – I think it would have been considered a failure, but uh, yeah, no idea that the team would, would explode like this. And granted, I mean, the conference isn't where it usually is. We all, we've all seen Kentucky, you know, they got a bunch of kids that can't really play together, playing a bunch of street ball, AAU ball, whatever you want to call it. They can't really figure it out. Um, Tennessee really just disappeared down the stretch. Um, they, what they did in February was a lot like what Alabama has done in the past. And uh and so I had no idea that the, that the team – I had no expectation that the team would win the, uh, the SEC championship. Lester, what were your expectations for the team coming into this 2020-2021 regular season? Yeah, my expectations were being the top half of the SEC, um, hopefully a top four team in the SEC. And my really big expectation was to get to the tournament and advance make it to the round of 32, maybe be hot, make it to the sweet 16. But I wanted this team to get to the, to get to the tournament and advance. Don't just get there and lose, get there 
and win, make it to the round of 32. And if they would have done that, I would have been happy. I would have been happy. Guys, we're, we're a year removed from Nate Oates having to play Galen Smith and Javion Fleming Davis or whatever his name was. Like, he still hasn't had a team full of his players at their full potential. Um, if we would have got to Chiku, God, man, I was upset when that guy found out that he tore his Achilles because I was so excited. I was more excited about him coming in than any, any other player that was uh, coming to play. But we'll see, man. I just wanted them to get to the tournament and advance. That's what I wanted. I've seen them go to the tournament. But now get to the tournament and advance because, once again, you're two under oaths, got more of his players in, got the guys out, that some of the guys out that didn't quite fit the system. So as he got more and more of his type players, more and more of guys year two in his system, go ahead, get to the tournament and advance. But I, you know, I couldn't be happier than where they are right now. Yeah, as, as happy as we are and as, as fun as the season has been and just, you know, as awesome as it's been to watch this team. And, you know, they went through peaks and valleys just like every other basketball team has done. And, uh, you know, they, they started out the SEC play on a hot stretch and then kind of went cold midway through and then finished strong. They're, they're finishing strong. As, as fun as it's been to watch, the season's not over. And uh, and like you were just saying, it's it's – basically tournament time you got to go play Georgia and Athens on Saturday but um after that you, you get a quick breather and then you got the SEC tournament in Nashville so let's let's I don't want to jump past the Georgia game so as far as the Georgia game goes everybody's expecting Alabama to win the game they um put up 115 points on them the last time they played in Coleman Coliseum a couple weeks ago and um, I don't think anybody's expecting that but they are expecting Alabama to win this game Evan, you know, the point that we've talked about for weeks on this show is, is Herb Jones and his health. And I've said it before, I say it again, your goal is you want your team as healthy as possible come tournament time, you know, whether that's SEC or NCAA. So that being said, let's revisit this same question. Do you sit Herb Jones on Saturday against Georgia? At this point, Chase, I, I, my answer is, is probably going to be no, um, just given, you know, what we've seen over the last few weeks. And if Herb Jones is still hurt at this point, it, it seems to me that whatever it is that is bothering him is just going to be there regardless if he sits one game or not. Um, I think, you know, we all agreed, I guess I was on the show maybe three weeks ago and we all agreed at that point to sit in, you know, we all thought maybe you sit him leading up to the Missouri game, or I guess it was, no, it would have been Missouri um, to try and get him, you know, figured out whatever it was that's going on. At this point, I think you know, Nate Oates is taking the stance of, all right, this is what we've got. We've got to deal with it. If he's 80%, it, it seems that, you know, sitting him is not going to raise that bar to 100 or 90 or whatever. And at this point, you, you might as well just play him and, and let him learn how to play through it. I think back to, um, you know, and, and this is somewhat related. I got – I was hurt playing basketball my senior year in high school. And the specific injury that I had, it was it was something that – it was a stress fracture, so nothing severe. But the key with it was 
the only way that it could heal is if I stopped playing basketball for a couple of months or something. And so at that point, the doctor pretty much said, hey, you're not going to get, this isn't going to get any worse by playing on it. But in order for it to heal, you've got to quit. So my thought process is from the outside looking in, obviously we don't know exactly what the deal is, but whatever is nagging Herb Jones is not something that's going to heal in a week. And it just seems to me that whatever it is, he's going to have to learn how to deal with it and deal with it all the way through the tournament and then face the consequences and, and worry about um, dealing and letting it heal. So my take on it, you know, I, I get the point of, you know, I would rather sit in for um, to allow him to rest more than to allow him to, you know, try to heal some potential injury against Georgia. Cause you know, this Georgia team's just not good. And I would rather him, you know, take some time on the bench, get refreshed and let, you know, Jawan Gary get more minutes and try to get back into shape and, and maybe let Alex Reese play some more minutes and, and hopefully maybe start knocking down some shots. So that would be my take on it. You're, you're so far in the season right now. And, and we've seen the injury deal play out for almost a month now that it just seems to me that at this point, there's no point in yeah, I, I'm a little bit – I'm still on the side to, to sit him just because of the fact that, you know, his last game was March 2nd. And, um, you know, with, with Alabama nabbing that one seed in the tournament, you know, you don't play till March 12th. And so you're talking about nine, ten days of rest. You know, like you said, it, it would help if we did know what the injury was. I mean, it might change my opinion on it because if it is a stress factor, some, like something that you had, then, yeah, I mean, yeah, just go ahead and play. Um, because, like I said before, I, I'm not sure how many games Herb Jones will ever play in the NBA, if any. Um, so, you know, just go ahead and play with, with your brothers while you can um, before you go to Europe or whatever, wherever he goes. But, um, you know, I, I just – I'm still seeing that lack of production from Herb. I mean, this is – a guy that was in the running for, you know, one of the national players of the year um, midway through the SEC conference schedule. And it just seems like, you know, everybody was talking about he should sit, he should sit, especially when they played Georgia the first time. And then he broke out for 21 points. And, um, and I was thinking about this today and I jotted down some stats and then everybody just started bashing all the people that said he would sit. I uh, saw it a lot on Twitter, you know, you're, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about, whatever. Since that, since that game, the last four games, he's played 110 minutes of basketball. He scored 24 points total in four games. Do the math. That's six per game. That's not efficient at all. Um, he's got 14 fouls in those games. Two, two of the four games he's fouled out. So we, we've talked before about, you know, maybe the hip or whatever it is is limiting his – elevation you know the way he's able to move his feet um whatever the case may be so I, I still I, I would sit him because I still think that he's the most valuable player on the team he's running point guard him and Quinterly are splitting you know the point guard they're splitting up the point guard position and uh unless it's something like you were talking about Evan with it with him not having to hurt it or him not being able to hurt it any worse if he is playing on it and I might, that might be the case. And like I said, if that is the case, nobody knows. If that is the case, then yeah, just play. Uh, I'm behind that. I'm for that. But if it's anything that can take, that he can take a week off and it can help him out just 
I mean, if he's at 80%, if he can get to 85 or 90, I think that's a positive. And, you know, this guy isn't, he's not going to take eight to 10 three-point shots a game. He's not John Petty where he needs to find a rhythm from the outside. He's a slasher and he's a defender. That's what he does best. And so, you know, as far as getting back in the groove of things, I mean, all you do is drive to the bucket. You know, I mean, it's, his, his game doesn't require a lot of ramp, ramp, ramping up to get back to where it was. And so I would still absolutely sit him. And then also with Josh Primo being as cold as Antarctic Ocean right now, him and Alex Reese would need to take at least 10 to 15 three-point shots on Saturday. But, guys, just keep shooting. Do whatever you got to do. Just try to shoot yourself out of the slump. Just give them one last shot to shoot yourself out of the slump. If you lose, so what? But uh, I, I would definitely still sit Herb Jones just because the lack of production is is glaring right now to me. And um, he just – I mean, he, he looks more comfortable than he did probably two or three weeks ago. I will say that. Um, he looks, he looks more comfortable, but still he's just, he's just, he's lost his outside shot. He's not really, you know, feeling, he's not shooting 50% from there anymore. And um, so Lester, Lester, what do you think in this situation with this Georgia game, basically meaningless, if you want to use that term, uh, is this a game that you play Herb Jones in, or do you try to sit him and get him as much rest as possible? Um, I, I, th- I think Herb has to play. Um, I don't know what the SEC was thinking with attacking on this game um, at the end of the year, but I guess they want everybody to get that, that um, game in or whatever. Who cares? But I was really looking forward to this Auburn game being the last game of the season. And then Herb would have had his week-long, week to 10 days, seven to 10 day rest already exactly built right. in. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, they had this game in for some reason, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I want her to play and I want her when he plays Saturday, I want him to take some shots, shoot the ball. I mean, Georgia shouldn't be a threat to Alabama, surely, right? I'm not saying to go over and take over like Kobe Bryant or something, but if you got the open shot, shoot it. We're gonna need her. And that stat earlier of him averaging you know six points over that stretch can't have that. If you if you're gonna be the most important player, if you're gonna be the the glue, the senior leadership, you're going to have to shoot and you're going to have to make shots when you're called upon. So whatever Herb has to do to get himself into a groove, to, to get himself more confident shooting the ball, to see the ball go in the hoop, whatever he has to do, he needs to do that because he's not going to sit. So I, I would hope to see Herb get seven, eight shots at least, maybe half of those threes, who knows? But that guy has to get in the rhythm and in a rhythm. And whatever it is, he's going to have to learn to play and not foul in his current condition. So, you know, they said playing on it, it's not going to make it any worse. Like Evan was talking about, hopefully this, the little rest he gets helps, but they're just going to have to deal with it for the most part. Yeah, I think him taking – if he does play, I agree with him taking some outside shots because against Georgia the first game – that's what really opened him up offensively is, is he start he was knocking down. I think he hit three or four, three pointers. And um, that really, you know, left Georgia no choice, but to come out and guard him along the arc. And then once you're able to do that, you know, once you're trying to guard him tight to the arc, he's able to go by you a lot easier than he was whenever you're playing two or three feet inside the arc, just kind of waiting on the drive. 
And um, he hasn't shot the ball well since that game from the outside. But, uh, yeah, if he's going to play, I would like to see him. Him, Primo, and Reese have to find some kind of rhythm because, Evan, let's let's move past the Georgia game. Let's start talking tournament ball. And we're going to talk tournament ball for, you know, this week, next week, and um, probably the week after. Um, and so uh, it, it's, it's really about – what does Alabama have to do? Because it's no secret right now. Alabama's struggling on the offensive side of the on the offensive side of the floor. So, what does Alabama have to do in order to find some kind of rhythm to where they can make a run, um, not only in the SEC tournament but more of the NCAA tournament? Uh, I think the answer. I think it's pretty simple. You got to start hitting shots. Um, you know, before we started tonight, we were kind of talking about the last game against Auburn. And, I mean, Alabama's just shooting the ball poorly at this point of the year. And this is not the point of the year that you want to start going cold. Um, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago when Alabama was – you know, we kind of were struggling like this leading up to the Missouri game. And, you know, we, we barely brought one out against South Carolina. And um, we were struggling to shoot from deep. We ended up losing to Oklahoma, so we couldn't make shots. And and I think I said then the key in basketball is you want to get hot at the right time. And hopefully this Georgia game might be the game where we are able to do that. Obviously, the last time we played them, we scored 115, and, you know, it was just an absolute barrage of three-pointers out there. And, um, but in order to make a run, and this team, you've got to start finding your stride and hitting shots. And my hope is that what we're seeing right now is more of a product of Alabama stepping on the floor and automatically being 15 points better than who they're playing, and which has been the case for the last, you know, I guess since Arkansas and then before Arkansas, it would have been Missouri. Um, this back half of the schedule has just been so, you know, obviously I said it a while back, but just bottom feeders and, and Alabama can just sleepwalk their way to a win, it seems. And, and so they haven't been pressed at all, really. Uh, I mean, they haven't played a team that's really pushed them. Well, that's about to end. And I guess a, a week from today, see today's Wednesday, we'll have the first game in the, the SEC tournament. I think Alabama's first game will be on Friday at noon. Um, and you're looking at playing, you know, the eight seed, whoever wins the eight versus 14 matchup and, um, or the eight versus 13, 14 or, or whatever it's going to be. Man, I'm, I think you asked the question a while back what percentage confidence I would have at Alabama winning the SEC tournament. Well, it's lower now than it was then. Uh, this team is, you know, they're, they're kind of regressing, which could be a good thing. You know, this could be the, the time for NATOs to say, hey, guys, y'all are playing like crap. And we've got to figure out a way to get back to doing what we do the best. Alabama's playing really well on defense. I mean, they held Auburn to 58. Obviously, Auburn's without Sharif, and, and, and they've got – you know, five guys who are basically playing all the minutes. So that probably plays somewhat of a factor. But defensively, we're playing pretty good basketball. Offensively, like me and Lester said before, we're not shooting the ball well. We're still scoring 70, which is just kind of crazy to me. The big thing from the last game, uh, last night against Auburn, Jaden Shackelford has started to hit some shots. Can, can John Petty start hitting shots? Because he's been in a slump for quite a while now. Can um, can Josh Primo get what, – what the hell has happened with Josh Primo? I mean, we, we've barely been talking to the guy. And, you know, I want to say this too. Chase, I think it was 
probably four weeks ago, you tweeted that Josh Primo needs to chill out. Otherwise, he's going to go pro. Yes, well, he I think he read your tweet. Yeah, he saw that. <laughs> he saw your tweet. Man, I was just playing, Josh. Hey, if you're if you're listening to this, man, I was just playing around. Like, go ahead and go back to doing you, man. If you want to go pro, go ahead. Get us to the Final Four, though, okay? Yeah, but at this point, I it, it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. It would surprise me less if Alabama lost on Saturday than if they won on Sunday in the SEC tournament, the way that they're playing right now. And and um, and then obviously going into the NCAA, as I told you guys earlier, the way that it's looking right now, man, you you know, Chase, you said it best. Those those lower seeds that come into the tournament, they're hot. They got things to prove. Alabama right now is playing like they've got nothing to prove. And and it wouldn't surprise me if Alabama not only you know was exited out of the SEC tournament early, but then potentially dropped in the first round or um, maybe even in the second round. So they, they got to start hitting shots. I mean, that's the key. We got to start shooting the ball and, and shooting the ball yeah. like we were at the beginning of the run. I mean, and, and that's what it is when you're, when you're living die by the three team, which they are. And anybody that listens to this, if you want to, you know, argue with me, please, I'm more than willing to, because you can argue it however you want. Just people hear that phrase, live and die by the three, and they think that that's the worst team, that's the worst insult that you can call a basketball team. And when you got a bunch of three-point shooters, it's not. Now, they had a bunch of street ball players, a bunch of slashers that jacked up a bunch of ugly threes at the shot clock or at the shot clock buzzer, then, then yeah, that, that would, you know, it, it would be a bad saying. But, you know, <laughs> for a team that's going to live and die by the three, Whenever they lose, they die by the three. And, you know, everybody wants to point out the LSU game when they won by 18 points in Coleman Coliseum. They shot 25% from deep. Yeah, but they shot like 75 from two. That's not what Alabama's doing. Right now, Alabama's shooting right at the 50% mark from two. And that's about 90th in the country. I told y'all before the show, Gonzaga right now, and I know Gonzaga's on a different level than Alabama, but uh, they're shooting 64% from two. That's a big difference. And, uh, you know, I was just, I was, I was just watching um, West Virginia play Baylor the, um, on Tuesday night before, before the Alabama game. And there were like eight straight shots made by both teams combined. It was like four possessions for each team. They didn't miss. It was, you know, a couple of three, like three, three pointers, maybe a two and, and one. I mean, the teams are just so fundamentally sound and their half court offense is amazing. And, you know, Alabama plays a little bit different style and I, and I get that, but heading into the tournaments, man, it's really about, you, you got to have consistency from your big dogs, which I'm talking about outside shooting here because that's what's going to lead. If Alabama's going to make a run, that's where they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to do it from behind the three point arc because they don't have the size to play inside with a lot of these big 10 schools that they run up against one of those. Um, and so they're going to have to make, make a living outside the three point line. Shaq and Petty are going to take the bulk of the three point shots. They got to find some kind of consistency. Petty will have a game where he goes six out of eight. The next game he'll go over none. Um, he's got to find some kind of consistency. Uh, Shaq's the same way. He was like one out of nine against Fandy, I think from the arc. Last night, he has three or four in a row against Auburn. So, you know, you got to find some kind of consistency between those two guys. And like Evan said, Primo has, has got to start playing um, because, yeah, he was getting some attention from NBA scouts towards the end of January. And, uh, and now he's, just, he's been non-existent. I mean, let's, let's call it like it is. He, he hasn't played near to the potential that he was playing with 
um, early in the SEC season. So he's you got to get some kind of contribution from him. And also Alex Reese, um, he's got to start knocking down some outside shots. Now, I'm not asking these guys to shoot 50% from deep because that's unrealistic. But if you can get Alex Reese to make 33%, I think that's a win. If you can get Primo to hit 35%, that's a win. The team average right now is 35.5%, so roughly rounded up 36% from the three-point line. That's our average for the, for the entire season. I truly believe if they shoot their average every single game, they can make a run in the tournament. I think their defense is good enough. We talked about their defense being elite enough to win a national championship, not just make a run. They got a national championship caliber defense. Of course, as long as you get the right referees that, you know, let guys play a little bit. Alabama's very aggressive. You get somebody like, like the rest of the Arkansas game, that was just brutal. But, uh, you know, usually the ones in the tournament are, are, are a lot better than a Doug Shouse kind of crew like you had in the Arkansas game over in Fayetteville. But, uh, yeah, you just – you, you got to get consistency from your big guns and then – you know, you got to finish at the rim. I mean, it's, it's just the things that we've been saying for weeks. Um, in order, in order to, to make any kind of run, that's what you got to have. You got to live by the three. You got to shoot the light side of it. Uh, Lester, I mean, looking forward towards the tournaments or looking towards the tournaments, um, what do you think this team has to do in order to kind of get back on track, so to speak, you know, when you're going up against better teams? You guys have basically hit all the points, man. Make – Make the shot. I, look, we don't need a performance like Georgia where you're scoring 115 points. We don't need a performance like LSU where you just jump out on – we don't need that. But make the open shots. When you're talking about Reese, Primo, Petty, in this offense, if they're swinging it around, if the ball is moving like it's supposed to, and on the fast break game, there's going to be open shots there. When the shot is open, we're not talking about LeBron guarding you or Giannis isn't waiting for you. When the shot is there, when the shot is open, make it. Make the shot. I'm talking about uncontested. Nobody's within three, four feet of you. You've got to make those shots. Those shots have got to drop. We don't need a superhero performance from anybody, but make the shot. Beat average in the losses this year you know Bama shot 20 30 percent from three and that just cannot happen in the SC tournament and the danger cannot happen in the NCAA tournament just be average be, be average and hey there may be a game where you do get hot and that's great that's perfectly fine and when that team is hot they're pretty much unbeatable but when you get that hot game that next game you can't be terrible just be average. Continue to play your tail off on defense. Um, defense is important. Um, the Miami Heat, LeBron James, when they lost their first championship, no team in the NBA – I know this is college, but no team in the NBA has won a championship when they are rated outside of the top ten of defense. Defense matters. And as good as that Miami Heat team were, they were outside the top ten of defense, and they lost. Continue to play defense. Continue to play your tail off. But you got to make the shots. As much as I hate to say it, Reese, Rojas, those guys, they're going to be leaned on. They really are. And nobody's asking for them to be Superman. Nobody's asking them to save the day. But when it's open, when it's there, when your teammate trusts you to pass you the ball, you've got to make the shot. 
And that's 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 my headline. If, if that's that's it for me. If, the, if they can make the shot, I'll put the same against anybody. Yep. Anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody. I'm not I don't want you to be not even contested shots. You can say that for Petty because he has such a high arc and a pretty shot. But when the shot is there, because there's so many open looks and they miss them consistently and it's so frustrating. But make the shots when they're open and when they come to you. Lester, um, if I was to sit here and tell you that Alabama is going to go 11 for 30 every single game from deep from here on out, um, which is about their average. It's about 36% um, from deep. Uh, And if they can stay consistent at that rate, what are the realistic expectations for this Alabama team? Let's 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 skip the Georgia game, the SEC tournament. Let's go straight to the NCAA tournament. Say Alabama does grab the two seed, which I think they will. Um, how far do you think they could go? And I, I know a lot of it depends on on matchups and who's in your on your side of the bracket. But if I was to tell you that hey, Alabama is guaranteed to shoot thirty six percent from the arc every single game, how far can this team go? I'll I'll say elite eight, no problem. They go they shoot thirty three percent, elite eight. That's fine. Now, what you can't do is go eight for 32 or eight yeah. for 36 or seven yeah. for 35. That's what you can't do. That's what that's you cannot do that. You'll get your tail bounced quickly. Yeah. And that's but why I was stressing. Give me you eight. Know, yes. Yeah. If give they, me over 33%, 35%. Yeah. Elite eight. Yes. I, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking lead eight, final four, depending on who they draw. Um, but. You know, and we're harping on three-point shot just because that's what they shoot, man. I mean, you know, you can argue with it all you want. I was listening to a podcast. I think I sent it to you on Snapchat when I had actually DM'd this uh, this question to these guys doing this podcast. And basically, it was asking them about Alabama living and dying by the three and if it's true or not. And they literally said, you know, some people say that, you know, they don't they don't call out your name on on your Twitter account when they're doing the podcast, but they're like – you know, as Alabama, a uh, a live and die by the team, live and die by the three team. They're like, no, that's not true. But offensively, there is some truth to it. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and it's just, you know, the formula's in the pudding, man. I mean, you know, you got whenever you lose games or whenever you let these crappy teams hang around with you, like a Vanderbilt, like a South Carolina, even Auburn for a while, you know, till the end, that was a five-point game, guys. That game was not – you know, that game was in doubt for a while there in the second half because Alabama couldn't throw it in the ocean. And then, you know, Shaq got hot at the end and, uh, and they stretched the lead out. And uh, so you're, you are, you're a live and die by the three team. You're third in the country, in the country, third, number three, and three-pointers attempted per game, okay? They're third, second or third. And then you're 93rd in three-point percentage. So – you know, you're a pretty you're, – you're a top third, you know, three-point shooting percentage team. So, like, and like I said, it's that 35.5% average. So, if you can find that average and keep it there and play above your head and get contributions from the guys we were talking about, you know, that's, that, that's, that's the way you make a run in the tournament. You're not going to shoot under 35%. Because, look, I'm telling you right now, if Alabama shoots – under 35% from three-point land, and they beat – I'm not talking about round one against a 15 seed because, I mean, Alabama, yes, they can get bounced like Evan was talking about, but uh, I, I don't 
I don't see that happening. Uh, now, round of 32 might be a different story, but if they win a game outside of the first round and they shoot under 30, under 35% from deep, I'll be shocked. Um, and that's just because they like to shoot it. They shoot it almost more than anybody else in the country. And uh, if they don't make it, that's a problem because that's where almost half of your shots are going. Alabama's averaging about 63 shots total per game, and they're averaging 33 pointers. So it's like 47% of the shots that you take are three-pointers. And you're going to tell me that if you don't hit those three-pointers, that, you, that you're going to win against a good team? There's no chance. Evan, do we, do we agree or disagree with that kind of statement? No, I agree. And, you know, back a few weeks ago when we first started talking about that notion of Alabama being a liver die by the three-team, my response to it was, it, you know, it depended on what your definition of – living was when as it pertains to basketball and you know my take on it I agree with you I guess I'm kind of in the middle to a degree but from the standpoint of what you know you've got to set your expectations for what this team can accomplish if you if you have high expectations for this team it's going you're going to get there by the three ball there's no question about that I don't know how you there's not a there's not a scenario out there I don't think where Alabama can make a deep run in the tournament without, like you said, shooting third not not just shooting a high percentage from three but shooting a lot of threes. It's not it's not just just shooting at a high mark. It's scoring a majority of your points from downtown. And you know if 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 you expect to for this team to to be able to make a run at the elite eight, maybe even further, they're not getting there without the three ball. And um, you know you can you can beat these. This Auburn team, you can beat Auburn, you can beat South Carolina, you can beat Bandy. You take those three teams, I don't know that you can find five guys, three guys between those rosters that would start at Alabama right now. Sharif Cooper's one. I don't know if you can find any. Alabama steps on the floor and they're better than these teams. They can play outside of how they play and beat these teams strictly because they have the talent, they have the depth, and they're able to go out there and win. You can't beat – look, we've already seen it. You can't beat Arkansas if you don't shoot well. You can't beat Missouri if you don't shoot well. You can't beat Oklahoma if you don't shoot well. That's dying by the three. We should be playing with those teams. You have to be able to make shots in those games. And Alabama – you know, I've been high on Alabama all year. We all have. But they have yet in the second half of the season to rise to the occasion and beat a team that, like Chase said a few weeks ago, actually has a pulse. I mean, those teams are playing, you know, good – which, I mean, Missouri now, they've fallen off in the last few weeks. So are they even really that good? I don't know. They Obviously, they were playing Alabama. They came in fired up, ready to go. We didn't. They won. But we died by the three ball in those three games. So, I, if you have any set of expectations for this Alabama team outside of the round of 32, it's going to be by the three ball. There's no question. Same question I asked Lester, Evan. If, if I guarantee you that Alabama can go 11 out of 30 from deep – um, and not necessarily 11 out of third. This is set because, you know, some games, I think against Vanderbilt, they shot 39 three-pointers. So, obviously, there's games that they've shot more than 30. That's just their average. But if I was to guarantee you that Alabama shoots 36% from deep, how far do, how far can they go in the NCAA tournament? I think it's 16. I, I think I think that's probably the, the ceiling. And, and like you said, it depends on who you draw in the matchups. They could get knocked off in the round of 32 – they could potentially make the Elite Eight if, you know, they just get lucky and, and end up matching up with a team that they match up well with. I would I would rather see 
I would rather see Alabama hit 15 threes and shoot 30% than shoot 33% and only make 11, I think. Um, just putting up more points from the three ball. But I, I would probably agree with Lester, and I would have probably an equal amount of probability on the 32, round of 32 as the 16, but the ceiling being the 16. Yeah, I think they could easily get to the Elite Eight. And, you know, during during the their hottest stretch, which is, like I think, the first eight games of SEC play, um, they were shooting 42% from deep, which is pretty damn good. And, uh, and of course, you know, if they can find that kind of stroke from deep. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, that, that's as a team. That's from everybody. That's including Primo and Reese and everything. And, and so – and I ain't gonna lie, Reed's probably brought that percentage down a little bit. I mean, if he doesn't even attempt a three in that span, hell, you might be around the 45, 46% range. Who knows? But uh yeah, it's it, so if you find a if you find that kind of streak again, then you're talking about a final four national championship game type team um with with the way they play defense and the and the pace that they play at. But um Lester, uh last thing we're gonna talk about, um it's kind of kind of on the spot question. I'm sorry, I just thought of this, uh, but looking back on the season, what was the, what was the most fun game that you got to watch this year? The most fun game. Yeah, not in was, person, not in person, but like just like what was what yeah. was the most fun you had in, in a game watching this basketball team? Oh, LSU, no doubt. From that, from the start that they got to that game. It was LSU immediately comes to my mind. Um, I'd probably have to think of a couple others, but LSU for sure. Personally, you know, me and you going down there, we've been inside that place where we watched Bama win in that place, and to see them go back down there and just be on fire from the opening tip, that was so much fun. I was jumping and stumping around. It was so much fun to watch that in my apartment, and, it was just a fun game to watch. One of them to continue to keep soaring, one of them to keep going, keep going, keep going. Just to see, because I was just curious, like, what can this team do? Like, what can they put up? What can they hang on LSU and Will Wade's head? And that was that was a truly impressive performance. Um, so LSU for sure for me. I think mine had to be, you know, it's it's really hard to pick one. And that LSU game is one that, of course, immediately pops in my head. I'm going to be honest with you, even though it was a closer game and it had me biting my fingernails a little bit more than the others, the Auburn game, whenever Sharif got eligible the night before, late, it was like 10 o'clock. And, and I had called that for months. I, I, I told everybody that I knew, I said, hey, Sharif's going to play against Alabama. Bruce is going to do it. He will cheat even more because, I mean, he's already on a postseason ban for cheating because he knows he cheated. And so he's like trying to slap his own self on the wrist so the NCAA doesn't come knocking down his door or the FBI for that matter. So I told everybody, Sharif's going to play against Alabama. You're out of your mind. And honestly, I'm shocked that he didn't play, even though they say he's hurt. I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't, you know, run him out there hurt against Alabama on Tuesday. But uh, yeah, that was, there was a lot of drama leading up to that game. It was in Auburn arena and um, Alabama was still able to, to come out with the win. I thought that was a pretty cool game. Also, for me, winning in Rupp by 20 points, we, the way we just exploded on Kentucky was incredibly fun. And it's just so much fun to watch because, you know, even though Kentucky wasn't playing, 
you know, their best ball. It's kind of like Alabama in football. You see that uniform, you see that blue, you see big blue nation, you see that floor and you just know in your brain, you're not going to win there. You're, you're not going to win on that floor. You're not going to win on that court. Nobody does. And, um, and so for them to go out there and just put it on Kentucky's ass, I thought that was pretty fun to watch. Evan, if you had to pick, I'm not, you know, you don't have to pick one. You can pick a couple of games. What were the most fun games for you to watch this year um, regarding this Alabama basketball team? Yeah, I'll go kind of a different route. You guys, y'all, y'all kind of took the, the main ones out there, the most popular. Um, I'll, I'll say probably Tennessee to a degree, the, the coming out party for this team, kind of seeing them uh, come out of that slump and, and, and show what they had, they were capable of doing. Tennessee was hot at that point. I think they were ranked in the top 10 when we beat them in that game. And, and that kind of set the pace for the year. That would be number two for me. Number one, and y'all are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going to say that Missouri game, um, watching that team come out just absolutely freaking cold. I know we lost the game, and it stung like hell when we lost that game. But to see that team battle back in the last five minutes and, and just, you know, really not having that much to prove against Missouri and coming back from a 20-whatever-point deficit it was. You know, I was watching that game at, at uh, my buddy's house, and, we had pretty much given up on everything. And then they started coming back and clawing back and clawing back and clawing back. And just to see the fight in this team and the, you know, kind of the senior leadership and see those guys really just give it all they had, even though that, you know, they didn't have a ton to prove in that game. I know it was a ranked matchup, but um, that was probably the game that I was glued to the most. So that's what I'll go with. Yeah, that actually be my least favorite just because, you know, <laughs> as a – as a, from a coaching standpoint, I truly believe that you can learn a lot more from a blowout than, you know, because after that game, you know, they were getting, they were getting pats on the back. You know what I'm saying? Like you're talking about, you know, the fight in this team, the grit. I'm like, I wish we'd have gotten beaten by 30. That way you can go in there throwing shit. And then, you know, you can get somebody's attention. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I looked at it. I was like, golly. And, you know, yeah, from a coaching standpoint, it's yeah, you do look at it from a different way, but yeah. I'm, I'm still a fan at this point. Maybe one day I'll coach. But, even, even uh, against, even against Arkansas, you know, you lost by 15, but gosh, when you get, you know, when they get 43 free throws, you're eight. I mean, that, you know, what, what can you do about it? I mean, that, that game, it's kind of a write off for me, but yeah, that Missouri game, I was like, oh, we get blown out because, you know, yeah, that's, that's another time where we were, we were, you know, we, we, now it's actually, our second loss in, in the last three games because you lose to Oklahoma, then you beat the snot at LSU, and then you lose to Missouri. So yeah, that would have been the time to start to start throwing throwing some things and getting some guys' attention. But uh, yeah, um, it's 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 definitely been a fun season. It's one that that we'll remember for a long time. And and Evan, I'm not sure if I asked you this question. If I have, just let me know. But in your opinion. Does it mean more winning a regular season championship to you or a tournament championship? Yeah, I think we talked about this the first time that I was on, okay. but I'll, I'll okay, I can't remember if it's you or Landon. I can't, you know, yeah. I get you guys mixed up because we have three basketball guests now because Braden Spiller was on last last week. He did a good job for us. And uh, so I got three three main basketball guys that I kind of rotated in and out of here. So I can't remember if it was you or Landon. No, you asked me the question and I uh Actually, after the fact, started thinking about it, and I think Lester and I both agreed the tournament. But you actually took the stance of the regular season because it mattered more. It's kind of spread across, you know, eighteen games as opposed to if you're a top four seed, you only got to win three times. But 
So I would actually, you know, now change my answer to, to be in that regular season. It's probably more fun to win the tournament. And that's kind of the standpoint that I was coming from last time. But from an overall, like, you know, what, what are you, what, what do you hang your hat on more? And, and it's, it's definitely winning that regular season tournament to me. Did you get some gear? You, you going to get some SEC championship gear or you going to, you going to try to wait until we win a national championship? Um, well, now, now I'm taking the football mindset to basketball. So, we're oh no, don't do that. You're gonna be years, hurt. So you're gonna be hurt. Buying the hats now, baby. Let's wait until you're, uh, you're gonna be, you're gonna be hurt. <laughs> what does Coach K have like four natties, five natties? He's been coaching for 40 years. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. K only her uh, cow only has what one, one. 2012. He's the highest paid coach in all of college yeah. athletics. So hard to win one in basketball, man. There's so much luck because it's such a streaky game. And uh, but yeah, we'd love for Alabama to get hot. Lester, have you gotten you some SEC championship gear? You can kind of you kind of wait until the prices drop. Haven't gotten a thing, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you're just gonna wait till I get something, and then you're gonna order the same thing and then wear it to the lake. I know how you. I know how you do. We're gonna try to avoid that. I can't make any promises though. Yeah, I, I ordered Dad a shirt and I ordered myself and, and I ordered Paige one too. And uh and I texted Dad and say, Hey, I got you a shirt. I know this is kind of Auburn esque because you know they're they're the school that's like, you know, get SEC West championship rings, you know, division championship rings, and all that stuff. And I was like, Hey, you don't know, you know, because Kentucky is not just a dominant conference team, they're a national blue blood. And you know, with Bruce Pearl cheating over there in Auburn, I mean, Rick Barnes at Tennessee, it's going to be hard to win the SEC on a consistent basis. You know, you got, you got three or four really good team, really good coaches now in the SEC. And so it's going to be, it's going to be a fight. I, 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 you know, I agree this was kind of a down year, but um, it's not going to be like this every year. So I guess we got to appreciate it while, while it, while it's happening to us right now. But um, Evan, we appreciate you coming on here, man. Lester, always a good show with you. Episode 26. Gump Runners Podcast. We'll talk to you all next week.